0: Ladies and gentlemen, it is finally, finally official. Elon Musk is the owner of Twitter. Like, this is incredible. I never thought that I would actually see this happen in my lifetime, um, to be quite honest with you. And and here's why this is very significant, right? Um, It's significant because normally acquisitions, whenever uh, other companies are bought, they're usually not bought by an individual. And I think this is something I haven't heard a lot of people talk about it. The fact that Elon Musk, as an individual, bought Twitter Blue. He did not form an incorporated organization and buy no, Twitter Blue, just Twitter, <laughs> Twitter Incorporated. He didn't form an organization and he didn't buy it as Tesla. He bought Twitter as himself. And that's another reason why this is such a big deal and why in some instances it's quite polarizing because it feels like this um, 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 company and this social media platform that many people use to facilitate conversations and talk. Talk about the things that current events is now owned by an individual. Now, for you to have good perspective of that, this would be the equivalent of a government owning a space that regular people in your neighborhood use to come and congregate and have conversations. This is not something that we do a lot in our modern society. But back in the day, there used to be pavilions where people would gather and have conversations about things that are troubling them within their communities. I mean, within our community townships, we have town halls where those conversations are supposed to happen. If perhaps you're not, you're not happy with how the municipality is um, um, you know, governing or taking care of your, your town or your district or whatever the case may be, Or if you don't like the way that you're worried and concerned about the safety of the wiring, the electrical wiring or whatever the case may be those spaces need to exist. They need to be easy to access and they need to be under um, um, no private control so that all of us as the public can access them. The problem with having a space like a public hall or even just a corner where we usually gather with your friends, the problem with those spaces being owned by an individual is the fact that this individual can literally decide not to accept these kinds of people anymore. Now, those of you who are Elon, musk fans must be thinking to yourselves but elon would never do that and i agree with you perhaps elon musk would never do such a thing and that's okay i'm not saying he would but i am saying that, that this is sparking a lot of conversation around why should one man you know be be an, the owner of A platform that so many millions of people are using as a space and as a platform to have a say um, of what happens in the global society which personally I I don't I'm not one who enjoys the idea of having a global society for many reasons uh, because most of the times the impact you try to make within a global society falls on deaf ears but yeah and many other reasons beyond that but for now I think what's interesting for me is the fact that Elon Musk is already having a lot of discussions around uh, what changes need to be made. I mean, he's expressed his views on the fact that Twitter blue is something he just, does not enjoy using uh, for those who don't know Twitter blue um, is basically the premium version of Twitter where you pay a certain um a subscription I think it's about three dollars three between three to five dollars um and then you get certain premium features like one of them being being able to edit your tweet um and other stuff like that and adding more characters um and etc which is another thing actually which I feel is also it also brings about the question of how important it is who owns a platform like Twitter and all of our other social media platforms right because we've seen how unhappy the the rest of society has been with uh, a person like Mark Zuckerberg running Facebook because at the end of the day, we need to understand that these are our pavilion. These are our public spaces where we share our opinions. We share our experiences with people we don't know, with strangers and those conversations, discussions and opinions and ideas need to be protected. Um, and it, 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 the dynamics of how they're protected are very complicated because what's acceptable in South Africa or many parts of Africa might not be acceptable in America. But does that mean that America, since a lot of these companies are owned, these social media platforms are owned by American organizations and companies and individuals, Does that mean, I mean, think about this, think about this, right? Does that mean the rest of the world has to be governed by... Um, the The laws of America, or should it be unique to your context right to your country of origin? but why would it be if the organization or company is not from your country, but it just raises a lot of other questions anyways back to the to Elon Musk owning Twitter. Um, I personally th- am very interested to see in what changes are going to happen in the ne- in the near next five years or so um, I'm also very interested in seeing whether t- Twitter changes for the better or not I'm not a person who uses Twitter um, so I wouldn't know what the experience has been currently but I'm interested to see if Elon Musk can make enough changes to entice someone like myself to join Twitter Um, and I mean the conversations that I had on Twitter are not my favorite and the way that conversations happen on Twitter is not something that I find um, you know attractive or easy to engage in for those of you who are twitter lights and who are able to tweet and live that twitter life i mean kudos to you <laughs> make the most of it um yeah definitely make the most of it The news something that happened to uh someone that i know actually who recently who owns an iphone 12 yes i think it's an either an iphone 11 or iphone 12 um they did an update on their phone trying to update to the latest uh ios 16 and then they had a problem that they experienced where the back cameras like literally all all of all three of the back cameras just stopped working right and now that's not the part that got to me um the part that got to me is that they went to an apple store and tried to go get the phone fixed Um, And when they when they got to the Apple store, they were told that for you to fix this phone, it would basically come very close to costing you a new phone. So it's it's pointless for you to fix it. Now, I want you to take a moment and let that sink in. Right. This person took their phone right? Because now the phone told them that there's an update ready uh, for you. And you can now update your phone to the latest iOS. So this is for those of you using Android, this is the equivalent of now there being an Android 12, uh, 13, or whatever the number is, your phone um, prompting you to upgrade to the latest operating system to the latest Android. And then after you do that upgrade, your camera breaks, you know, or you, let's say even if it's not your camera, your screen switches off or the buttons stop working or some function, you lose some functionality. And the reason that I find this so frustrating and shocking is the fact that it's a, it's a, it's a software update that led to the breaking of a physical item and feature on the phone. And I feel like that's just unacceptable. And then when you take the device to the Apple store, you're told that in order to repair it or fix it, you would it would cost you a new device, something that clearly was not broken by you or was not broken by something you did. Um, and this really got me thinking, right, because this has happened to me as well. Uh, a few years ago, I, I had my brother had a, a, an Apple, an iPhone. Uh, I think it was an iPhone 4. And then I took it to the Apple store. And this used to happen a lot during that time to many people and The thing that frustrated me and made me sad about that phone, because it stopped working because it had a software issue, just needed to be reinstalled, I was quite literally charged an amount that was very close. When I looked at the quote, the amount was very close to the cost of a new phone and was pointless to fix, right? And I ended up not even um, fixing the phone and never using an Apple device ever again. Um, and then then again, this also happened to someone else with a MacBook. And I really, really feel sorry for MacBook users because if you buy a MacBook and it never gives you problems, then you're fortunate. But on the day that it actually does, oh my goodness, I pity you. Uh, because for you to just get, I mean, it's, And this is where I wanted to go to, right, because I've mentioned before on the show that Apple has been moving closer and closer because they're forced to move towards being more repair friendly, user repair friendly. Guys, remember this, right? Remember this. These are companies that are trying to make decisions that are favorable for towards their bottom line. They are not thinking of you as the end user, even though the the iPhone and the MacBook and the Samsung and the the whatever device you may be using, the Canon, the Sony, the 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 the, 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 the whatever the device you may be using. Remember that. The people who are making decisions are trying to profit from those devices. It's it's quite rare for you to come across a company that has the user in their best interest and the user's wallet, especially at their at as the as their best interest. It's very rare to build a business model around uh, uh, your customers and your end users saving. That's very, very difficult because that means if they're saving, they're not spending, right? Think about it, right? Um, And I think banks come pretty close, but even they will want you to get loans and, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. So it's very important for us to remember this. I say this because I understand how big a fanatics Apple has. People will have Apple devices and they'll experience problems and will never change back to any other thing just because of the experience that they had using the Apple device and also because of the status that it gave them. They will, ne- I literally, this friend of mine I'm telling you guys about, literally said they would never go back to Android. And I looked at them, didn't express it, but I felt it. I felt pity, right? I really felt sorry for them because they don't even understand how good Android users have it. Not every Android device is good, but when you make the right purchase decision, you will have a device that you can use for the next 10 years. And even if it broke 16 times, there will always be someone who's able and willing to fix it for you. Um, and, and, And that is an experience that Apple users will never have, right? Because you only have limited places where you can fix your device. I'm ranting, I'm definitely ranting, Uh, but I feel like it was also an important conversation to have because you have to ask yourself, who are you loyal to? Um, Are you loyal to your need and trying to fix your immediate need or are you loyal to the company that convinced you that their product was the best?